Hello, and welcome to the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. I am your host, student Dr. Tosk Chaudhary. Today we are joined by a longtime friend of the podcast, Dr. Jim Eubanks. Dr. Eubanks is a PGY2 at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, PM&R residency program. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Eubanks. Certainly, I'm glad to be here. So if you don't mind, could you please introduce yourselves to our listeners to let them know where you're from, which medical school you went to, and one fun fact about yourself. Certainly. So I'm Jim Eubanks. I'm an MD and a PGY2 at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, or UPMC. Um, I, so I went to medical school at Brody School of Medicine at East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina. And one fun fact is that I'm also a chiropractor and have a Master of Science degree in sports science and rehabilitation. Very cool. So uh, would you say it's your background as a chiropractor that led you to feel the PM&R? Yes. So my story in PM&R is really about the several people who have supported me along the way. Definitely there was an important opening after I finished chiropractic school and was about to start as an associate clinician um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I went to high school with another chiropractor who I sometimes um, affectionately say made the mistake of introducing me to the local spine conference at the um, orthopedic hospital there in Charlotte. And I went a month before I was to begin as a chiropractor uh, to the spine conference, which is every Thursday morning. And the speaker happened to be Craig Brigham, who is an orthopedic um, spine surgeon. Um, and he was speaking about his cases, and I noticed that he was in tune to the biopsychosocial model, um, and he was really dedicated to evidence-based medicine. So after he finished speaking um, at this particular spine conference, I introduced myself and I said, you know, could I spend some time with you? And he was uh, surprised at first, but the rest is history. We um, really connected and he sort of took me under his wing from that point forward. And I had a unique opportunity to train with him um, over the next several years while I was in Charlotte, um, actually as a chiropractor, spending um, several days a week with him at Ortho Carolina Spine Center where he practiced. And I was learning from him, and we would often talk about the central role of, you know, psychosocial factors in the experience of patients who were having spine pain. And this was long before most um, have sort of come around to understanding and embracing these factors. And so as a spine surgeon, he was spending nearly as much time and energy reassuring patients about their spines and why they did not actually need surgery as he did supporting those who did. Um, so you can see how someone like that might connect well with a more um, non-operatively minded person such as myself at that time. While he unfortunately passed away right before I took the MCAT um, and had already made the decision to go back to medical school, one of the things he did that was a catalyst for me in terms of going back was sending me up to Boston to New England Baptist Hospital, which is an orthopedic specialty hospital there. And he had a friend and colleague, Jim Rainbill, who's actually a physiatrist and is um, 
has been running a spine program at New England Baptist for many years, um, since the 90s. It was a truly interdisciplinary team, um, and I spent uh, quite a bit of time um, with him in clinic and understood the logic of rehab. Um, and at that point, it clicked pretty quickly for me that that's how I wanted to spend you know, the rest of my time professionally. So it was at that point that I decided to go back to school. Um, I did enter medical school knowing ahead of time that I wanted to do physiatry, which is um, perhaps different from uh, the experience that many people have. But um, this is kind of the background that, that led me to that point. Interesting. So it seems like you had a lot of, uh, a lot of exposure to physiatry before most medical students do. Um, and it seems like you've traveled a lot, like as far as uh, going to different parts of the country to get more intimately involved with physiatry. Uh, when you were looking for residencies to go to, why did you decide to go with UPMC? Um, so as I would come to learn, UPMC enjoys a high level of respect, and there's a really positive collaborative environment here um, in Pittsburgh in terms of the sort of um, place and role of physiatry within the medical system. So that was important to me that I was able to sort of participate um, in an environment that was very supportive like that. Um, it had a big emphasis on research, which was something that had become important to me, as I will we'll sort of explain a little bit more um, later in the conversation. But there was also um, a, an opportunity to be in a place where it was also self-insured. So UPMC Health Plan um, is a self-insured system that enables it to sort of invest in new models of care in a very unique way um, from other systems that are, are not um, invested in their payment structures in the same way. So... Uh, in addition to that, I think the diverse areas of interest among the attendings here and the broad network of mentorship and sponsorship was important. Um, there are even two specialty tracks that residents can enter here. Um, there's a research track and an administrative track for additional training. So this provides guidance, resources, and professional development to help residents refine skills in those domains. I am part of the um, research track myself, and part of that is also being involved in the AAP's um, Rehabilitation Medicine Scientist Training Program, or RMSDP program. Every year, something that was important to me across the board as I was considering programs was making sure that they were producing residents who were going into the many different subspecialties of rehab, so I did see that here at UPMC, and that was important to me. And also, while I was traveling as a fourth year, I had the fortune of hearing our chair, um, Dr. Gwen Soa, speak about her work in spine pain research. And I was really blown away at her level of professionalism and energy and encouragement. Um, I was able to approach her after her lecture and talk with her quite a while, one-on-one. -on -one, and um, that was an important factor for me being able to access the leadership of wherever I ultimately ended up. Um, and then 
Finally, something that was important is that my mentor, Jim Rainville, who I mentioned earlier at New England Baptist Hospital, who was really responsible for me going into the field, um, informed me that a friend of his and kindred spirit, Chris Standard, was coming to UPMC um, the same year that I was applying to lead a new effort in exploring high-value spine care that was supported by the UPMC health plan, as I mentioned earlier. Um, that was something that was specifically attractive to me, and, and um, I felt it could help me um, move forward in the ways that mattered in terms of my professional development. Very cool. So uh, one of the things that you have become known for is your work in research. Uh, so you touched upon this, but how did you get involved in research, and how do you recommend other people interested in physiatry research get involved in such scholarly activity? Yeah, definitely. So... As I hope is clear in our discussion just so far, I've been fortunate to um, benefit from having mentors and people who actually sponsor me that has taken an active role in my development. And, uh, you know, I've had a non-traditional route, and so I came to the research scene later than many, but I realized quickly that we need more research-savvy um, folks addressing the state of rehabilitation research, including the area that I'm specifically interested in, which is spine pain, um, but also chronic pain in general, in order to move the needle on outcomes. Um, so when I joined UPMC as a resident, the rich and unique environment here in terms of research uh, welcomed me in such a way that I felt very comfortable moving forward with that and investing in it further for myself. Um, so I've had great support from my department, from Dr. Silva, our chair, as I mentioned earlier, to our program director, Dr. Elkowski, and Dr. McNevich, um, all the way to my co-residents who have been very supportive. I do think that in general, um, PM&R has a lot of wonderful opportunity to expand its role in research as compared to other specialties, and that now as our field continues to grow in the interest um, among medical students grows, we are really poised to take advantage of that and um, sort of take it to the next level. Definitely. Um, so I've been lucky enough to get to meet uh, Dr. Mike Farrell uh, as well mm -hmm. during my uh, audition rotations. Could you tell me a little bit about Physiatry Now and how you got involved? Yeah, definitely. So Mike Farrell and I have known each other for a long time. In fact, we kind of um, conspired together to go back to medical school around the same time. Michael, um, Mike is a, a chiropractor himself, and we had been in discussion about our interest in possibly going back to medical school um, around the same time a number of years ago now. Uh, he's a PGY3 at um, National Rehabilitation Hospital, um, Georgetown in D.C., and back in at least as um, far ago as, as early 2015, we were interested in finding ways to promote the field through social media. Um, we could sort of see that that was going to become a, a major avenue to disseminate healthcare information and information that would matter to future healthcare professionals. So we found ways to share information about the field, um, specifically through vlogs, which are video blogs that Mike created and did a wonderful job um, expanding on through a series of um, vlogs where he discussed different topics. 
in medicine as a medical student and then also in the field of PM&R. And we also created a Leaders in PM&R interview series um, that was focused on um, letting medical students primarily know about different leaders within the field and hear their perspective on different topics. So Mike and I worked on that project, and it's really expanded quite a bit. Um, our focus has been more recently on mentorship and helping medical students who are interested in the field of PM&R um, pursue it uh, more thoroughly um, on their uh, trajectory towards residency. Awesome. So you have an incredibly impressive resume. What are your future goals in the field of physiatry? So I think for me, I'm, I'm really interested in this conundrum of spine pain. So we, we have more clinicians and specialists and healthcare resources than we've ever had addressing this problem. But unfortunately, we've continued to fail to improve outcomes. So to me, this means that we need to apply a different logic to this clinical problem. And I just don't think that we're thinking about it the you know, right way, so to speak. And this is evidenced by our failure to both reduce costs and improve the lives of those who are experiencing spine pain. So um, my goal is to do a fellowship that will allow me to pursue this problem um, in further detail and intensity. Um, and I think that I'm preparing myself partially, of course, by the AAP RMSTP program, where I'll be able to acquire some of the research skills that I think are going to be necessary to tackle this. Awesome. So uh, the time at which we're making this, the rank order list uh, deadline is kind of approaching. Uh, what things would you recommend applicants consider when they put together their rank order list? So... For the, for the rank order list, I really think that fourth years need to trust their sense of comfort with a program and realize that residency is a long-term commitment. You know, you're going to spend three to four years at a particular place, and that program will represent um, you as a fourth year, or you as a resident, rather, um, and then you will represent them as well. So... One of the most important questions, at least, that I would ask as I was um, pursuing the right fit was, tell me about your five- and ten-year plan as a residency, because I wanted to know if the program was looking ahead to the future and actively working to construct it. So it was really amazing how much I learned from this simple question. Um, I do think that overall, in general, um, it was the most important question that I asked of programs when I was an interviewee. And I would highly recommend that fourth years um, who are pursuing residency in PMR ask that question while they're being um, interviewed because it will let you know sort of the mind of the program and what they're looking to do in the years ahead while you'll be there. Awesome. Thank you for that. So, uh Another thing that one of our listeners reached out to me and asked about is letters of interest. What is your take on letters of interest? Yeah, so regarding letters of interest, I think that fourth-year students should really be honest. And if they're excited about a program, 
I do think it's appropriate to let the program know accordingly. So from my personal experience, um, you know, both as an interviewee and as someone now who's seeing a little bit more behind the scenes of the um, process of resident selection, it does mean a lot when interviewees reach out in a genuine way to express their interest. So I would encourage that. Um, you know, you don't want to try too hard, but you definitely want to be genuine. And if you have a special connection with a place, um, let them know, because this is ultimately a job, and this is going to be the first job for many people who are medical students. Um, and it's a long-term commitment. You want to have the right fit, and letting them know that is appropriate. Awesome. So, um if you could go back to fourth-year medical student Jim Eubanks, what words mm -hmm. of wisdom would you give to that gentleman? That's a good question. So I think I would, I would just reassure myself that I'm truly joining the best specialty in medicine um, for the 21st century. There's never been a need greater than we have right now for what physiatrists offer. The population is living longer. On average, we are dealing with non-communicable diseases that account for at least 65% of the deaths that um, people suffer as they age. And physiatry is uniquely positioned to address questions of aging well and living with meaning by supporting optimal function in daily life. Um, this is where we shine, and I think that we need to rise to the occasion and really step up to the role that we are poised to play um, here in the 21st century. So it's a noble service to be part of this field, and I think we should all be honored to be part of it. And uh, anyone who is pursuing it should um, sort of be comforted by that knowledge. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Eubanks. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, chat with you. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. This is your host, student Dr. Tassan Chaudhry. You have just listened to an episode of the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. Take care and have a great day.